0: Hey guys, it's your girl, Maya Kay, and it is officially episode two. I say officially because this episode is going to require a lot of me, but I'm excited. One, I'm excited because we are live on Instagram tonight, um, and it is the second episode of season two of the Girl Files podcast. I never take it lightly how God decides to use my voice and to lead me to just share stories. And sometimes to me, they're just stories or they're just moments for my private journal. But God always reminds me that it is not just about me, it's about others. And that's why He's called me into this moment and called me into ministry. So I'm excited to get started. Um, Of course, because I'm recording live on Instagram, you may hear me shouting some people out. I'm going to try to keep it real neutral and stay focused. But I do want to engage with everyone who's joining in and who's watching. So the second episode for this season is called Dreams and Nightmares. And since your girl's from North Philly, (laughs) that has a very interesting meaning for me. Uh, Shout out to Meek Mill. But honestly, I wanted to really minister tonight and talk to women Who are discouraged because the dream that God gave them it looks more like a nightmare you know what do we do with those moments when we have these big God-given dreams not a dream we asked for like, it's, it's different. Like, when I was in pre-med, I was willing to go through it, like, for school. Like, okay, I want to be a doctor, so I'm willing to go through some things. But when God gave me this vision for my life, where I am right now, and he's still unfolding that vision, I was like, okay, I didn't even ask for this, and I got to go through it. Those are the ones that really get us. So I wrote down a definition for what is a God-given dream, just so we can get a little context. In my opinion, this is my definition, a God-given dream is a dream that God placed in your heart and gave you the complete vision for. That means he, he showed you what it's supposed to look like in the end. Yet you don't know how, you only know the who. Like we only know the who of the vision, which is God. We only know that he's the person that's going to carry us through to the end. And of course, in preparation for tonight, I thought about Joseph, right? And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on his story because I actually have three practical steps that I want you to apply to your life when you're going through daily, uh, taking care of business and doing whatever God called you to do for your dreams and for your vision and for your destiny. You know me, I'm about giving practical steps. But I did want to talk a little bit about Joseph and just the whole How he went through so much. He went through so much. And it was so crazy to think that the biggest betrayal of his life came from his family. But he went through so many ups and downs. Yet he had this great gift on the inside of him. In fact, he was one of very few, if not the only, during that time period from Genesis 37 to 50 that could actually interpret dreams the way that he could. So, Imagine how I feel having this amazing gift on the inside of me, this gift of writing, this gift of speaking, this gift of coaching. And over the last nine years, since I first left Philly nine years ago, you know, I've been back and forth. But to literally feel it on the inside of me, crushing me because I have yet to be able to share it on the level that I want to share it on. Or more importantly, the level that God showed me that I was going to share it on. So... God can give you this amazing God-given dream, and he will, and often he does, but it never, it's not going to look like that. It's not going to unfold like that. You know what I mean? Unfold. It's not going to come out the way he showed you necessarily, and what I mean by that is, yes, the end result of your God-given dream is going to be the manifestation of what he showed you, but the way that you get there please. (laughs) So I know that sometimes people feel like my dream is looking a lot like a nightmare. I don't understand how I started a business at the top of 2020 and yet right smack dab, not even in the middle of 2020, but at the top of 2020 in March, the world shuts down. Yet God gave me this God given dream. And so, so often our dreams start to look like nightmares and we want to Throw in the towel. We want to give up because not only does it look like a nightmare, but there's pain, there's anguish, there's tears, there's loss of finances, there's loss of life. And we get really frustrated. So one of the verses I did want to share, probably the only verse I'm going to share uh, tonight, I wanted to talk about what God does at the end of all of this, right? Joseph had one of the rockiest stories in the Bible, He was betrayed by family. He went through hell and high water, had ups and downs. He literally lived in the pit way longer than he lived in his promotion. Think about that. All the years that he went through what he went through. And he literally, like all those years, and he lived in his promotion for just a small span of time. But it still was worth the journey. And we know this. But listen to Genesis 50 and 20. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version um, of my woman's Bible. I love this study Bible. It says, you planned evil against me, but God planned it for good to bring about the present result. And then in this little part of my Bible, I love it. They do these written on my heart parts. And it says, the God who created you is the same God who is a covenant keeping and promise fulfilling God. Just as the Lord showed himself faithful to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is more than able to bring about his plan for your life. You can trust him to keep his word to you. So I just want to give you, before I share my testimony, because you know that's what this was about, right? God encouraging me to share this testimony is very heavy, but I'm going to do it out of obedience. I want you guys to know that some of you have a dream attached to the lives of many people and there is no way you can get there without God sending you through the fire. And the fire, it burns. But the thing about it is you're going to come out on the other side and you're going to come out you're not going to smell like smoke. You're going to come out, you're not going to have a singe on your hair, your clothes. You're not. People are not even going to be able to tell that you've been through the fire. Because God does all things well. So if he's going to put you through it, he's going to make sure you come out like pure gold on the other side. But when I think about it, I said practically, would you want a doctor who hadn't gone through the 11 to 12 years of training to access your health? Like, I know I wouldn't want a doctor. Would you want a doctor? <laughs> you know that didn't go through the 11 or 12 years of training for school to touch you, or, you know, even for students. I've been to the doctor's office before, and I've had, like, a student doctor, you know, they're in their residency, and they'll say, is it okay if I come into the room? And I would always say yes, because I knew they wanted that opportunity, um, and they needed it. And I, too, at one point, was interested in medicine. Um, But to be honest, I get why some it would always be like the senior citizens that would say no, because they're like, "Well, I already got problems, and I ain't got but a few good years left, and I ain't gonna let nobody practice on me." <laughs> so, um, but, but I get it because it's something about that training that that person has gone through. You know that they have read their books well. You pray they've studied their books. They've been in training. They sat under some doctors. They've had the mentorships. You know that they're prepared. And it's no different with the kingdom of God. He is not going to put you in a place or even, it may not be about the numbers. I'm not saying that. But he's not going to put you in a place or give you elevation or promotion when there are so many lives attached to your voice. There are so many lives attached to what he's called you to do. And that means you have to be whole and healed and prepared your character has to be tried, you have to be tested, you have to go through the fire so that you're able to responsibly lead the people that he's called you to. So whether that's in medicine, whether you're choosing to be a a fashion designer, whatever it is that God is giving you as your God-given dream, there's some requirements, there's some prerequisites, right? And yes, we don't want to go through the nightmare part of the dream because there is, even with the most beautiful dream in the world, there's going to be some nightmarish moments, and you're going to wonder like why why did I have to go through this to get here I want to give you three practical tips three ways for you to honor the dream when it starts to look like a nightmare because that's the biggest thing right we don't want to just know that it's going to be hard we want to know like how do we get through these moments and I was blessed when God dropped this in my spirit because I figured to myself if He if he's going to use the testimony I'm going to share for someone's deliverance or someone's um, just moment to realize how good God has been, then I'm with it. Right. But I said, i got to give them something more, God. So tell me, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to share? And so when I was working on this Sunday, this is what we came up with. So three ways to honor your dream when it starts to look like a nightmare, because we have to stay in a position of honor. You don't throw the dream away. You don't disregard it. You ask God, what are you supposed to learn in this moment? And then you move forward. Number one, you have to document God's vision and keep great footnotes. You have to document God's vision and keep great footnotes. And what I mean by that is my prayer journals are so full. I actually forgot to get them out of my little library thing, right to my right, but I literally have about six prayer journals. You have got to write the vision, document it, and there are going to be times that God gives you a ref- like he'll give you a refresh version of the vision if that makes sense. So some people look at that as at the top of the year. And they'll write down what God tells them. But if you notice, if you look back, if you have kept a prayer journal or you have documented God's goodness over the years and documented the vision he gave you, if you look back, you'll notice How God didn't necessarily change the plan. He didn't necessarily say, no, you can't do that no more. He just changed the way you got there. And he may have given you different instructions. So I encourage everyone to get a prayer journal, especially because we're getting ready to go into a new year. They have been a huge blessing for me. When I first got here to Atlanta about seven weeks ago, I was flipping through and just even thinking how awesome... God has been in just this transition alone. Just looking back over my prayer journal from this summer. And like, man, I'm sitting in an answered prayer. I mean, that's just crazy to me. So you have to document God's vision, write the vision, make it plain, whatever he's told you to do, whatever you are doing. But keep great footnotes. And what I mean by that is whenever you're working on your journal or you're in your prayer journal, you want to write some footnotes down. You want to document his faithfulness and his goodness to you. You want to write down, God, I remember on this day, at this time, if you can get that deep. You did this for me. You came through for me. This person called and prayed for me right when I was having a nervous breakdown. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. You got to document it. Um, I swear, and God has brought so many things to my memory Um, Even if my prayer journal wasn't right in my hands, like when I was driving from Philly to Atlanta, you know, it was things I wanted to document right there. I was like, oh, my God, just the little things of me driving through states and he got my back so crazy. And he literally, when I got settled, I was able to write down those things that he wanted me to remember. So he'll bring it back to your memory. He will definitely do that. Um, But just keep your footnotes. Number two, stay connected to the source. Stay connected to the source. Um, John 15, you know, it's one of the most probably quoted chapters when it talks about staying connected to the vine because he's the vine and we are the branches. I know it sounds cliche, but you have to stay connected to the source. I think the reason why 2020 may have rocked and shocked so many people is because a lot of people were not connected to the source. I mean, even don't get it twisted. Even Christians were rocked and shocked. I'm still a little rocked and shocked about what happened this year. But because I was connected to the source, I responded differently. So those who may or may not know, you know, I worked as an essential worker this past year during the pandemic. I worked at a bank back home in Philly and my coworkers were in a frenzy. And I thank God that he gave me peace. And although sometimes I know they got tired of hearing me praising God and just talking about how I had, you know, I was calm and I was standing in faith. And, you know, they were checking their um, checking the Internet every five minutes with the new, new update. And I was sitting there working on a book (laughs) at work. I was working on a book because I'm like, listen, I know where my help comes from. You know, I know who who holds this in his hands. And I'm not sitting here fronting like I wouldn't go home. I, there were times I would go home, get in my prayer closet, and I would break down crying. You know what I mean? But the reality is that's not faking it till you make it. That's just understanding that I have built, I have equity in heaven, okay? I have sown into this here walk, and I'm going to see the promises of God manifest in my life. So I ain't going out like that. So. That was the perfect opportunity for me to stay in faith because the people around me at work, they weren't necessarily faith driven people. There was one coworker I had and we would share, you know, and we we would always iron sharp as iron. But for the most part, that wasn't really the narrative every day. So you got to stay connected to the source because people are watching how you react. People are watching how you handle life's trials, especially if they know you're a Christian. Because people are waiting to doubt God. I I do know that. But there are also a whole group of people who are waiting to praise God. Like they are looking. The word says that the the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. So a lot of people are waiting for us to just show up. Is what you're saying real? Is what you're living real? Is what you're preaching real? And if it is, then come on, let me see something different. Because the news got me stressed. The news got me scared. The news got me get ready to break down and cry every five seconds. So they were looking. In my opinion, people were looking for hope. And we had the answer. But some of us, because we ourselves weren't connected to the source strong enough and long enough, we weren't even able to feed the people who were looking for more and looking for hope. So you got to stay connected to the source. Just some quick practical ways for you to be able to do that, honestly, is staying in the word. Um, I don't get on social media in the morning. Maybe by 8 I might check it um, because there's a couple of uh, two prophets that I really love and I follow them and I know they're connected. You know, I'm connected to them in their ministries. So I love the morning words they drop, but you cannot be so connected to the world but not spending time with God. So I encourage you in the mornings to make sure before you do anything, you need to be in the Word. And if you got your phone in your hand, YouVersion Bible app is one of the greatest uh, you know, Bible apps to have because you can pick plans. And the plans are simple and they break it down really well, but it's still deep and they still hold a lot of meat. And so those are just some practical things. Making sure that you're not staying in tune with the world first thing in the morning. What you put in your spirit in the morning stays with you throughout the day. So if you're feeding your spirit with God's word or, you know, listening to worship music and just praying and I've heard people say this, and so I want to confront this now. I don't know how to pray out loud. I don't know how you, you know, how you can't not know. And when I say that, that means the same way you would talk to me, the same way I'm talking to you here on this podcast, I'd be talking to God just like this. And I always tease and say, God is from North Philly just like me. And so i will be like, God, look, what's up? Let's talk. And, of course, I honor him, and I've him. And I'm like, dear Heavenly Father, there are always those moments but I'm just saying, don't make it complicated. He is ready to listen. And I promise you, once you really start to pray on a regular basis and you meet him there, he's going to meet you there. You'll be surprised. Sometimes I go in and I be thinking I'm going to pray about all this stuff. And he be talking more. And I just document the stuff that God be saying to me. He's waiting for you to show up so he can give you the, answer, the answers that you're looking for because he hears your thoughts. So just some practical things, worship music, prayer, and just staying in the word and start small. You don't have to be in your prayer closet or, you know, praying on your knees for two hours. Like start small, start where you are and trust God to lead you to the greater in him. But you got to start somewhere. And lastly, I love this one because I didn't always know how to do this. Rest when needed, but breakthrough on time. And what I mean by that is. You will definitely need to be replenished and restored and refueled, all right, because there are going to be times the dream is so hard that it's not only not only does it look grueling as you look ahead and say, oh, I still got this to do. It's going to feel grueling. I have. There have been times over the last 10 years or nine years since I took my first leap of faith that I was depressed, that I really thought I needed psychological help. I thought something was off. There were times that I was so overwhelmed and so filled with fear that I wanted to run back to the shore. And in my case, the shore was home. Um, When I was living and teaching in South Korea, I, I was doing well. And then all of a sudden, by like month six, I was like, wait a minute, I feel a little off. And you know what I learned to identify Whenever God was taking me up a new level, the warfare got more intense. So if I wasn't connected to the source, it would have wiped me out. But if I also didn't take time to rest and take a a step back and reassess and ask God, okay, let me pull back. Some of you are too focused on being busy in this season, but you're not being fruitful. And if you're being busy and not being fruitful, that's not wise. Don't let Instagram or society or anything pressure you to be super busy. That's not how God operates. God operates in productivity and he operates in fruitfulness even more. And fruitfulness for him could be Monday you get all your social media done for your business and Tuesday you rest. You cannot allow the world to pressure you. So when I say rest when needed but breakthrough on time, I think about the time when Elijah was running and he had just defeated all this army and, and done all of these wonderful things. And he was so tired that he swore this woman and, oh my God, you know, this army's coming after me, Lord, what am I going to do? And God was like, go lay down and eat. And the angel fed him. And remember, he rested next to the tree. And then after he was replenished, he was able to go through. But the important part, he broke through on time, meaning he didn't rest for so long that he wasn't able to hear what God had to say for his next instruction so he can get to his next level. He was able to rest long enough, get filled, and then he was able to hear God when God said move. So you got to be mindful. Rest when you need to. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, rest. Take God's yoke onto you and then, you know, be sure you're not sleeping so hard that you don't hear him. And just to clarify, rest is not just closing your eyes and going into a deep sleep. Rest sometimes just means resting in his presence, resting in his word, just being quiet and still so you can hear him. Seasons of rest could mean physically getting sleep, vacation, whatever, but it always involves the Holy Spirit and God. All right. So here we go. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far, everybody on Instagram. And I am really... At this point, I guess I'm a little excited to share it. I'm not worried or embarrassed or anything. I think for me, it was just more or less, wow. Uh, So for those who don't know, the official release date for my book, Warren for My Girls, was November 27th, which was Black Friday, which was, of course, the last Friday of November. And so 10 days prior to that, I tested positive for COVID. And I was like, in i was in extreme shock and my aunt rose passed away november first and her services were november the tenth and so i had gone home for the services and i flew home um and this isn't my first time flying since the pandemic it's my second and then more importantly it's been in the same region so i've flown from philly to atlanta back and then philly to atlanta again uh, and so I went home for the services. I, I was home Monday, came back literally Tuesday night, and 48 hours later, literally exactly 48 hours later, uh, whatever came over me, I guess it was the chills first, and I was really shocked and blown because, uh, there was no loss of taste or of smell, but it was the chills. But see, I've lived in Atlanta before and my first time living in Atlanta uh, nine years ago, I actually got the flu three times back to back in the same time, like the same time frame. So I moved to Atlanta nine years ago in November. So I thought it was ironic. And of course, I attributed to the flu because I know the weather difference from Philly to Atlanta. The climate is so different and the shift is so different that you could possibly end up in. Um, Catching the flu. And so I was thinking, oh, yeah, I've been here before. And I knew it was the flu nine years ago because I went to the ER one of the time. So again, it wasn't just me being naive. I was just like, well, of course, like, it's the flu. <laughs> um, I never had I didn't have I didn't have a thermometer at the time, but I didn't feel a fever. I didn't feel a fever. Uh, but here was the thing. I was already going to get tested. I believe when you fly and you do, you know, catch a flight, especially now, you should just automatically go get tested. It's much easier now. The tests are free Uh, CVS, right? Like they're free. And so I was already going to get tested. I was scheduled for that Saturday. So Thursday night, I'm like, by midnight, I am literally like God. I had my hand over my head with some oil and I had literally gotten up to take communion. No lie. I keep communion elements. And I was like, God, I don't know what's going on, but I need you. And I just prayed over myself. So Friday, you know, that whole day, Friday, of course, I still felt ill, but it wasn't as bad as Thursday night. I didn't feel the pressure to go to the ER. Um, Saturday, I go to CVS. I get my COVID test taken care of. I grab, you know, soup, thermometer, grab all the things I need, some raw honey. I get back. And I'm a big ginger girl, big ginger girl, like raw ginger. So I get back in the house and I take care of myself. Fever is only 99.7. So again, there's no panic setting in yet. And the Holy Spirit hasn't said to me yet, you need to go to uh, the hospital. And so I'm just waiting and Sunday rolls around. And so Monday comes and all of the symptoms are pretty much gone. But I feel dehydrated and fatigued like, like crazy. And what was so crazy about that is, I didn't understand. I had forgotten that fatigue was one of the symptoms of the virus. And so I had some other, you know, women things going on that weekend too. So I'm attributing the fatigue to that. I'm like, oh, it's just, I'm just tired because that's normally what happens. When I tell you, I had never felt so dehydrated and so tired in my life at the same time. It was crazy because Monday, like I said, the major symptoms was gone. There was no more chills. I never had broken a fever above 99.7. I kept checking. I never lost my taste or smell, but I literally was just like, man, it's 11.30 a.m. and I'm I'm going back to bed. I'm exhausted. Well, Tuesday, November 17th, I opened my email at 6.51 a.m. and I was positive for COVID. And I literally remember... I was like, God, I cannot. There's no way you would bring me this far. I worked at a bank, for God's sakes, the whole pandemic, and never once, like, had any symptoms. I was so careful. I was the girl that got on everybody's nerves at my job. I was neurotic about, wash your hands, and if you was near me and you had your mask down, I was definitely coming at your neck. Like, I almost offended the CEO of the bank like straight up I was the one that was not playing with this so for me to have worked in the public eye and been an essential worker for the whole pandemic and then to be working from home here in Atlanta I was like man this is crazy it don't even make sense to me and I just remember um like pausing and I broke down and I just felt Right. And maybe about 20 minutes into it, I felt like God gripped me. I could literally feel a wind. And he was like, you know, I'm not going to leave you here. You know, I would never like I could just hear him like, you know, I'm not going to leave you here. I'm going to give you a testimony out of this. It's no way I'm going to leave you here. And What I thought was so just crazy um, was that it was 10 days before the release of warring for, you for my girls, the book, like the book release. And I said, man, and I'm quarantining for 10 days. So after I was done, you know, crying and I had to call everybody. And I think the scariest part for me is my mother is uh, 64. And of course I was around my entire family. So I, um, to make that phone call, My mom is an essential worker, too. So to make that phone call, the scariest part was praying that she wouldn't come back with a positive test result. And then, you know, having to call my family and tell the people I was around. um, And then even having to tell the young lady that picked me up from the airport here and thinking she would be mad at me that I would pay her life ever. It's like. This is probably, out of all the episodes I've ever recorded, guys, the third time I cried. I cried when I did the tribute to Chadwick Bozeman and I cried when I did the tribute to Breonna Taylor. So this is all God's fault because, again, he told me to do this. But I am so glad that I am able to just stare the devil in the face and say, you will never take me out of here before God's timing for me. Um... But to have have to call the young lady that picked me up from the airport, that was probably another scary part because you don't know, um, her and I just met here in Atlanta, we were part of the same small group at um, our church, but our small group, of course, has been meeting virtually uh, since COVID. And so... I had never met her other than Zoom. And so for her to do me this favor to wake up at 1130 at night and pick me up from the airport, I felt so guilty. That was probably the heaviest part of this whole thing. It was a lot of guilt. And um, I just, you know, did what I was supposed to do. The responsible thing is to notify the people you've been around, let them know. And then I came into my office. I called someone that I knew who had had it. Um, she shared with me some wisdom. God let, let it, on, let it laid it on my heart. I'm sorry. Laid it on my heart to reach out to her. And so she shared some wisdom. But when I tell you what God did from the 17th of November all the way until I retested negative. Um, actually last Tuesday. Uh, last Monday night, I got my test results. I went back last Saturday. I went back on the 28th because you got to give that quarantine time. I went back on November 28th, which was two weeks after my first test. And I got retested. And Monday, um, the 30th, I got the test results that night, but I didn't see them till Tuesday the 1st. And they were negative because God is faithful. <laughs> but I remember... After I had gotten off the phone with a young lady who had had it and she shared some tips with me, you know, just about what she did. And I knew I was going to take the natural approach. Um, I literally said out loud as I was staring at like the things I had to do for the book to get it ready. And I said, God, if I was going to go out, we're going out in purpose. So we're going to get this book out and supernaturally over the next 10 days God just gave me the strength and the energy because when I tell you some people would hear this and say well you wasn't hooked up to a ventilator you didn't have chest pains and you weren't in the ICU you're absolutely right so God be the glory but do not minimize and I encourage everyone out there listening you cannot minimize people's pain or people's uh, stories because it's not as crazy or vivid as someone else's that may have been in the news um yes I wasn't on a ventilator and again I praise God for that but don't you have no idea the fear of seeing positive on a result for a a result for a virus that has killed hundreds of thousands of people so to see it enough is to make you scared of death Um, though I don't fear death because I know you know my savior but it's enough to make you fear um and then being exhausted you know the way that I was it took a lot out of me and there was sometimes you have to understand there were times that I would lay down and go to sleep because the fatigue was so heavy and I was scared I wasn't gonna wake back up so you gotta understand the weight and the magnitude of what this virus has done to people, whether physically or mentally or emotionally, you know what I mean? Like we've people have lost family members from it. People have lost co-workers. People have lost friends. But when it hits your front door. And worst of all, I couldn't even do anything for Thanksgiving. And it's OK. I, I learned I've always learned as a woman of God to see God in everything. Right. So I don't I don't wallow for long uh one of my girls actually uh adriana wrote the review for the back of the book um and adriana's a therapist she's a licensed professional but she says she says to me all the time girl you take them licks like my grandmother would say you take the licking and keep on ticking and i said to her you know i don't know where that strength comes from of course i know my sources is, is christ and the strength comes from god but it still amazes me often how he will allow me the the whole day to cry or whatever I need and then he pushes me back out into purpose. And so I believe he really wanted me to share this story with you because God like the enemy is going to hit you. And before we give him too much credit, I just want to clarify that yes, I got on a plane knowingly. And my biggest frustration was the plane coming back to Atlanta was not every other seat. So if you have not flown since COVID happened, the planes are every other, the 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 way they do the seating is the middle seat is blocked out. Well, my flight to Philly with Delta, shout out to Delta, uh, was blocked out. My flight coming home from Philly, and I didn't know this, I knew it was on American, but American does usually block their seats. Well, it was a smaller airline under American, and I didn't know that. And I was sitting right next to someone. Everybody was like it was only a two seater. Um, So it was two seats on the right, two seats on the left. Um, And of course, I mean, I had a mask on. I had my face shield on. So, again, you can imagine my surprise that even with all of, you know, my safety measures in place and doing what I was supposed to do, um, me coming down at the time with COVID. So the dream looked like a nightmare. I had a dream always to write, um, to write, of course, a book that kind of took pieces of my life. I knew it wasn't going to be an autobiography. And I know that even if you look at my Instagram at Ride Maya, you'll see that I say I did not want to write this book this year. Like I had no plans on putting out a book. Right. But I, I did always one day want to write a story that was nonfiction, and that infused my faith with bits and pieces of my life. Well, God had given me this vision, and once this book was done, and once I had seen like the layout and the design and everything was ready, you know, I'm ten days away from release now, and I was just like, oh no, we we not we gonna keep working, so even if I only get to work an hour a day. Because I'm tired the rest of the time while I'm waiting for COVID to pass. We're going to work an hour a day. We're going to give it our all. But it just goes to show you that while the nightmare came, that moment in my dream was literally like a nightmare. Uh, like I said, scared to go to sleep sometimes because I was like, you know, am I going to wake up, God? Um, but here's how good our God is, that he was still... Keep making sure I got to the end, got to the next part, got to the next chapter of my story. And here I'm holding a book that has now been out for almost two weeks now that when I got my shipment in last week, all 20 books were gone. That people have been sending me images of the book on, you know, Instagram. They've been showing me that they ordered it on their Kindle. the the, because the enemy knew what was coming with this story he knows that when women pick up books that make them stronger prayer warriors he knows that the world is literally like at our hands like at our fingertips and I'm what I mean by that is a woman who can pray and a woman who can really war for all the areas of her life her children Her business, her career, her marriage, her relationship with Christ, a woman who can get down and dirty and can fight the devil, he's scared of that. So he wanted to delay anything. And he was fighting me before the COVID results. He was fighting me when I tried, right before I flew home. They had, um, excuse me, $170 hold on my card for those who don't know, the barcodes on the back of the book are called ISBNs and they cost. Um, because it records your book with uh, books in print and it's with um, basically, that's really you can publish without one, but I wouldn't recommend it. Just make sure all the coins come to you, okay? So I literally had purchased the ISBN through Ingram Spark, never even went through two charges on my card, and I'm like, I didn't even get it. I had to wait literally for two days, one charge came back, I had to wait a whole week a whole week for the other charge to come back so the enemy was fighting this project and I guess because I took that and was like whatever man we gonna move on and get money from my other account I would just swivel every time he tried to hit me so the COVID thing was like uh, okay you really took your best shot you tried it but God is faithful and I would go to sleep at night with YouTube has amazing like eight hours of healing uh, scriptures. You can put press play and it just plays scriptures of healing, whatever. You know, I needed. I fought through that time. And yes, sometimes the hardest part of the dream is having to stand alone. My mother was worried about and praise God, everybody back home that took the test that decided to get tested was negative. God is good. So that's what leads me to believe that I got it during um the transition in the airport that's where i really i believe i got it from i contracted it somehow in the airport even though i like i said i was super safe but you know he wanted to really scare me because he knows that a person who overthinks everything like like that's kind of hard right there and the where's the battlefield it's in our minds the battlefield is always in our minds so for me it was like god I know you're going to get me through this. So whatever we got to do, even though it's just me and you, um, yes, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere for Thanksgiving. And I I know I had some options because I have friends here in Atlanta and the woman that I even worked for in property management, she felt so bad. And I was like, it's okay. I'm going to get through this because God is with me. I am not. He did not bring me through this whole year cover me during the entire pandemic, provide for me. I had bonuses coming through at work and he would tell me to bless someone and I did it. He kept me this whole year. I'd be darned if the enemy gets the last say on this story. And so that's why I had to like kind of square up on the devil and say, all right, well, if you think you are gonna take me out, we going out in purpose. So this book is coming out even if it was my last day, but I know it's not my last day, (laughs) you know? So I wasn't speaking death over my life. I was just letting him know you are not going to get the glory. You are not going to get the victory because when you flip to the back of this book, the Bible, we win. We win. We win. So for me, it was like, Lord, I just want you to know because this is when you know your life is surrendered to Christ. This is when you know you've given him your all. I said, God, I just wanted you to know that if it was my last. I was going to go out in destiny. I was going to go out praising your name. And I was going to go out finishing the work that you gave me in my hand. So while I knew it wasn't, I needed God to know that I was okay. And that is when I think a woman, for all my ladies listening, all my teen girls listening, that is when you know the devil is scared of you. When you don't fear death. When you don't fear COVID. When you don't fear fear. Uh, You know, anything coming to your front door, when you can stare all of the demonic oppression, the demonic influence, all of the things that are trying to push against you in that nightmare part of your dream, when you can stare it in the face, that obstacle and say, my God is going to have the last say. And even if it ended in death. I still had the victory that is a winner and God created you to be a winner he created you to stare life's obstacles in the face whether we're in a pandemic or we're not pre-pandemic post-pandemic what are you going to do when the dream looks like a nightmare when it starts to look really crazy and you know God showed you something different I could have easily said man I'll put this book out when I get my negative test results I'm tired I want to go to sleep every day because I really did want to go to sleep every day. I'm tired. I can wait until next week to put the book out or the, or the week after. I don't I, I, let me get through this. And then what? I would have spent 10 to 14 days crying and depressed. That's what the enemy wanted. He wanted me to be in my bed every day crying and depressed about a situation that was already under control. Because God knew them test results was going to come back negative. He knew that I was going to be obedient to the quarantine, 10-day quarantine. And he had me in there giving me wisdom. I want you to make ginger tea today. I want you to make honey and lemon tomorrow. I want you to order these these vitamin D. Like God gave me so much wisdom and instruction that I was like, God, if all you gave me this testimony for was to encourage women and to help people who may end up God forbid, but testing positive because it's, you know, in my city back home in Philly and I know in L.A. and probably a lot of other cities, they've shut down again because the numbers have spiked. So I said, if you're using me as a vessel, even just to let people know the natural way to get over this, whatever it is, God, I'm yours. I honestly pray that this episode blessed you, whether you join me here on live or whether you were... Um, Well, of course, you're going to hear this later. Sorry for the pause. Remember, I'm on Instagram Live. But whether it's Instagram Live right now or you're going to hear this later um, when I upload it tonight, I just pray that this episode blessed you. Yes, sometimes the dream looks like a nightmare. But you know what the beautiful part about that is? We know that even if life throws us a curveball, we serve the God who created the curve and the ball. Just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) All right. So we're going to wrap it up here. And I know every episode I do what I call the girl file, a girl file honoree. So if you never listened to season one, if this is your first time listening in, the Girl File Honoree is someone that I pull um, out of the files. I do research and I honor, typically I honor a teen girl because, um, of course, my heart is for teen girls. So I'll honor a teen entrepreneur or a teen activist that has done something amazing. And last week, of course, I honored Telly. Um, sorry, Telly, Taylor Beauty Products and all the information is on episode one. You can follow this young lady. She's amazing. This episode, I decided to make the girl file honoree myself. And not out of cockiness or pride, but life really has tried it this year. You know, the top of this year, my mother had breast surgery, uh... You know, she had to have a cyst removed. Of course, it wasn't um, cancerous, but my mother has had tongue cancer twice before. So that was a nightmare for me. Uh, Just having to wait and having to see what was going to happen. We lost, uh, of course, my aunt and we lost uh, my uncle. So she lost two siblings this year. Um, and then of course, with COVID hit, I was like, okay, so, you know, um, the dream may often look like a nightmare, but here I am standing strong. So I'm honoring myself tonight. I'm honoring myself today. And again, not out of cockiness and pride, but I was doing the research and God was like, girl, you honor yourself. Sometimes we forget to do that while we're pursuing the dream as well. We forget to pat ourselves on the back and say, well done, you did a good job today. And so... Well done, Maya, because you've done a good job. With the help of God, it's not by yourself, because I know where my help comes from, but you've done a good job. Things could have been so much worse, but your attitude, your positivity, your faith has gotten you through. I pray, pray, pray this episode changes your life. When it goes live later tonight, please share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with the women you know. Make sure... You get warning from our girls. We pray together. We slay together. It's available on Amazon and print and Kindle. Don't forget to follow us. Follow the movement at Girls Anthem Movement. Follow me at Writer Maya. Um, And of course, you know how we do. Let's close out in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this time with everyone who has joined in, whether in real time or later. God, I... I spent so much time in my prayer closet this afternoon just asking you what what was the reason for this moment? And you just kept reminding me how some of the greatest biblical moments will come from our own stories. Some of the greatest um, moments where people get to meet Christ is through our stories. So, God, I thank you for using me as a vessel. I thank you for trusting me. Um, And even though I don't always understand why I have to wear certain, you know, battles or scars Uh, If my scars can be the launching pad for another woman or a teen girl, I'm starting to understand that you use whoever you choose and you use them how you choose. So I just want to pray for each and every person. Under the sound of my voice, if you are dealing with anything and you feel like your dream is looking like a nightmare, I pray God's peace over you. I pray that you would stay connected to the source. I pray that you would get into your word daily and that you would make God number one in your life. I pray that any storm that has tried to take you out, that you would just give him um, just access. Don't close off any part of your life to him. If you give him access, he can work through every part. He can get into every part and he can heal every part. So, Lord, I pray that anyone who is out there dealing with COVID-19 or their family members are dealing with COVID-19. Lord, I pray that you would keep them and heal them, Father God. I know you're a healer. So, Lord, I know that you can heal anyone. And, Father, I pray for those who are in the hospital right now um, battling with COVID and even praying for the medical professionals who are still trying to figure this thing out. I'm thankful we've made progress, God. But I just pray that you are a powerful God. You are powerful enough to come down and wipe this thing out because we serve a mighty God. And so I just pray Psalm 91 over every person and i pray that they would meditate on psalm 91 that no plague shall come near your dwelling and yes i prayed that prayer this year but god you may have the plague may have come near my dwelling but the plague did not take me out and that is the blessing in that so even for people who may hear this and wonder well if why are you still believing when you got it or when things happened that weren't supposed to in your life no everything that even the devil is god's devil you hear me so he doesn't have permission to do anything with Without God's permission so even if it came through him remember what Genesis 50 and 20 said you meant it for evil but God is going to use it for good so God I thank you that this testimony will reach everyone, because I know that you wanted them to understand this is serious. We need to do what we're supposed to do. Wear our mask, follow instructions. Being obedient to God is also being obedient to the authority that we're under here on earth. And so God, regardless of our feelings about how this thing could have been under control, had people done things right, at the end of the day, we have to do our part. So I pray a spirit of responsibility over everyone. I pray that people would heed to instructions, that they would take the time to be at home with their families and even though it may feel crazy because this holiday is going to be different it was different for me (laughs) you know I've never been alone on Thanksgiving so I just pray for everyone that is feeling the pain of that and who knows they may not be able to go home for Christmas or spend time with their family God excuse me I pray that you would just cover them and comfort them and if someone is Feeling down and depressed about that, I just push back against the spirit of depression. And I pray that God will give you his perspective. That maybe he wants you to himself and to spend some time with you. But I also pray against the spirit of suicide because I know that being alone during this time, the enemy has had uh he has waged war against so many people because they've had to be alone. So I pray right now, God, that you would send your love into those hospital rooms, into those bedrooms, into those kitchens, wherever people are, wherever wherever they might be seated and feeling alone God that you would cover them with your presence that they will feel your anointing and I decree that they will live to see 2021. I again just rebuke the spirit of suicide. I feel that so strongly so I don't know who is listening or going to be listening where maybe those thoughts have been running through your mind but God is telling me to tell you you will live and not die. Don't you dare give up because this year did not turn out the way that you thought and don't give up because you feel like nobody loves you. God sees you. He loves you and he's going to send help your way. He's going to wrap you in his arms tonight. Even tonight, he's going to wrap you in his arms. So I just pray comfort and peace. And Lord, I bless your name because you are amazing and you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. I love you guys. I'll check you next week. Don't forget the podcast does drop every Monday. Of course, tonight was live. We're going to be back on regular schedule. So you'll be able to get it first thing Monday, uh, midnight or 1am, whatever time you end up listening to it. Um, And I'll catch you next week. Love you.